once again, your boy, Daniel Coronado of the Plot Twist Podcast. I want to just let y'all know that y'all have done something so, so perfectly right today. And that is you tuned into the Plot Twist Podcast. If there's anything y'all did today, that's one of your successes that you did. Now I'm just playing. But um, this is one of my solo episodes that I'm bringing to y'all for season two. My second solo episode. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot more of these this season. So just stay out on the lookout for that. My first one was two episodes, I believe. Two episodes ago, I believe. Um, So if y'all haven't listened to that one, go ahead and do so. This one, I don't really want it to be very, very long, but we're going to do our best. Um, So I want to start off with a statistic. A statistic that says, in general, Latinos are less likely to report mental illness. In 2011, it's a little dated, so in 2011, the percentage of persons 18 or older with any mental illness was 15% among Latinos compared to 18.8% among Blacks, 20.5% amongst Whites, and 16.1% amongst Asians. However, among persons of two or more races, the numbers was especially high, 28.3%. Now, I guess we as Latinos or Latinx people it's a little bit on the lower end, but still, nonetheless, it's it's up there, and it's something that needs to be talked about. And this was in 2011, so who knows if it's higher or lower. But um, I wanted to start off with that because that's kind of the direction that I wanted to take this conversation and this story that I'm going to be giving to y'all. And um, I know it's been maybe a couple of weeks, like two weeks, I think, since... Um, this incident of Lesandro Guzman Feliz. Um, Lesandro Guzman Feliz was a 15-year-old boy who was killed in the Bronx, New York. In the Bronx, New York, by gang members said to be the Trinitario Gang, um, a Dominican gang prominent in New York City and the Dominican Republic, of course. So I wanted to give you guys kind of a background story of what happened. So he was a 15-year-old boy Alessandro Jr., Guzman Feliz, he left his apartment to give a friend $5. This was about like 11.30 at night. Uh, While out, while while he was out and about, he noticed that uh, there was a couple of cars that came up his way, and he became a little bit scared. I mean, anybody who has cars coming up at you, you're going to be a little bit frazzled, you know, you're not going to know what's going on. And in the midst of all of that, he began to run and he was chased by these gang members for several blocks, apparently. He finds a bodega. And if you haven't been to New York City, a bodega um, is a corner store where you can basically buy a lot of your things that you might need that day. Food, you know, canned goods, whatever. Anyhow, excuse me. He um, he goes in there trying to hide from them, as I probably would have done as well in my 15-year-old mind. These gang members find him. They, uh, they're in a little altercation with the bodega owner, and they drag him out on the sidewalk. Now, when I tell you guys they dragged him out of this place, I legit mean they dragged him out of that place. And these videos are all over social media. They have been, and honestly, they still pop up on my timeline. So it's still a big topic that's been talked about and shared about. So they drag him on the sidewalk. And that's basically where they just stab him and butcher him to death and slice his neck, basically leaving him for dead right there. Um, 
the store owners and the whole neighborhood basically witnessed this 15-year-old boy just get his life taken from him. Now, um, there's a lot of videos that are circulating from the bodega um, cameras that have been leaked or shared through the through the media and through the news. And there's also, you know, people recording on their cell phones and all that. Now, I want you guys to um, to realize that this was all in a matter of, I don't know, I would say maybe like five to ten minutes. In five to ten minutes, all of this goes down. And it's just so crazy that we as humans have the ability to create life and take life. And that is so important to take account of. We have the power of God in our hands and we're using it wrongfully sometimes. And in this case, it was. Like I said, I wanted to take it the direction of mental health and just kind of talking about community as well. So think about the word community and let it sit with you. And what kind of picture do you paint in your mind when you think of your community and maybe a perfect community, which obviously is not ever found? Now, what does the word unity mean? It's the ending of the word. And is there unity in your community? And was there unity in this community? So I just come to think about how everybody was so quick to just jump onto their phone and the kind of society that we live in today. And they jumped quicker to their phone and to pull out their phone than to, you know, as cliche as it may sound, than to pull out their heart and lend a helping hand or, you know, raise a voice or do something other than record somebody dying. Could you imagine that being your last day? And could you imagine somebody recording that? And that being the last image that people have of you. Now, when I think about the word community, I think about people that works hard together, that people that, you know, see each other grow, see each other succeed, see each other also fail and see each other go through hard times. I think about people that has fun together and people that have really gotten to know each other. That to me is is community, you know, in a couple of words. I don't know if we all live in a place that does part of these things. I don't know if we ourselves consider ourselves to be community members that provide that to our neighbors, you know? I know I 100% don't. I'm going to be flat out with y'all about that. I could definitely do a lot better about it, yes. Now, I before I even get into more of the other side of the conversation that I want to have with this, I want to give you guys my review a little bit of what I felt and how I was digesting this whole thing. Now, it has been a couple of weeks since it happened. And I think it's kind of good that it's been a couple of weeks because um, I was very emotional and very emotion driven when all of this was going about. I had definitely cried a couple times when I saw the video. I couldn't even talk about it to some people without getting emotional and teary eyed and, you know, choking up in my voice about it. But now I feel like I'm in a more stable place where I could actually mention these things and talk about what happened. Because um, I definitely felt like it was part of me. And I felt like I saw myself in him. And I saw like a little cousin or a little brother in him. And it was very, very sad what happened to him. I just don't understand how some people could get so caught up in their emotions and frustrations that they end up killing somebody. Now, this isn't just one person that was upset. 
this was a good five to six men, men, grown ass men that were upset at somebody that they wanted to kill him. Now, I forgot to mention earlier in the story of all of this, the reason why they were going after him was because of a, a mistaken identity. They thought that he was somebody else. He was basically framed by somebody so that the person that was really el culpable, the, the guilty one, so that he could live and survive. That's how the story goes. And that's what's been told to me through the media outlets. And the fact of the matter is, is that people are acting on their emotions, their angry emotions, that they're killing other people. And this time it ended up being somebody that was not even the right one, quote unquote. But um, it's so, so these grown ass men, the oldest one is, is 29. He was one that took part of the killing and apparently he's one of the ones that spearheaded it. I'm not sure. But now these men, because they acted up on their emotions, now their life also gets cut short because now they're locked up for life, probably. They might not be able to come out of jail. And that, to me, is also sad because it's like, wow, you really acted up in such a way that now your life is going to be nothing but gray walls and a little bit of your gym time and a little bit of, you know, social hour or whatever, like, you really just shortened your own life by killing somebody else. Like, that's all you did. That's all you did. Like, now that we have a story so big as this one, I'm just so questioning on why is it that some people have to feel like they're so loyal to something. Like, what what goes on in your mind that, like, you, we live in 2018, that you feel like you still have to have this type of loyalty to somebody? And it's so sad because at the same time, I kind of don't blame them because we have communities of color that we really don't have resources for each other to to come up and to be positive, um, positive influences in our community. Like it, it can be very hard for some people. And it's so sad that people are getting caught up in this mix of things like that. And, and that just like brings me to the song of Kendrick Lamar, where he's like, tell me who you're loyal to. Is it money? Is it fame? Is it weed? Is it drink? Who are we loyal to in the end? And these people were being loyal to some gang. And because of them mistaken an identity, they got kicked out of that gang. The leader of the gang spoke up and he said, nope, you guys are no longer part of the gang. This was a mistaken identity. You killed somebody that was not supposed to die. And now y'all are out. Not only are you out of this quote unquote brotherhood, but you're also going to be in jail for it. Like y'all really fucked up. Y'all really fucked up. That's all I can say. And um, about that, one of my coworkers, I was sharing the story with her and she knew about it a little bit. And she said, wow, that sucks. They should have really just got the right one. And I was like, in my mind, I can understand why somebody says that. But because I had been analyzing this so much, nah, man, you shouldn't even be targeting somebody. Now, this happened. All of this happened. I feel like I'm not even giving you guys the right explanation. I'm sorry. But this all happened because somebody leaked a sex tape of the gang member's niece. Allegedly niece. I don't know. Whatever. So they leaked a video of her niece, his niece getting having sex with two guys. And these guys leaked it on social media. Whoop -de -whoop -de -whoop, and then it got out to him. And now they framed Junior because he's a curly boy, curly haired boy. 
around the same age and size as the one who was in the video. And now Junior got killed. And I heard that that boy now cut his hair. He has a new look or whatever. And that, to me, is also so trashy and so sad. Like, you're really just going to pick up and carry on with your life and act like nothing even happened? Act like you're going over here for a new look because you just don't want to get caught and you just don't want to get discovered for what really happened? Wow, bro. Wow. Good job to you for being an insensitive asshole. Like, that's that that's really how I felt about that. Like, at least freaking own up to what happened. Be like, yo, I'm sorry. Like, this is the reality of it. I really didn't mean for it to blow up like this. But anyway, I'm going to move forward Move forward to the mental health. Um, and when I wrote mental health down under here, I underlined the men part, like, in mental. And um, the reason being is because I feel like us as men, people of color, men of color, we don't talk about how we feel and we don't talk about our emotions and we don't, you know, give each other enough support. We often keep things inside of us. And if we would have been the ones to talk about this, if these gang members could have used their words instead of their, their, their machetes and their weapons, yo, even if you came to a fight, like a fist fight, like an old school fist fight, what happened to that, man? Why couldn't it just be a one-on-one? Yo, what happened? was that was my niece right there let's let's square up and you know but no they just had to go assume that somebody that look this is new york city there are so many mixes and races of things everybody basically got curly hair out there everybody's rocking the natural hair out there and you for real are gonna think that somebody that looks like him is the one that that did that to your niece and now you're gonna kill him and ruin somebody else's life for real this all could be solved if we just talk about it now I have so many experiences where I just randomly hit up my friends and I'm just like, hey, how you doing? Like, what's going on with you? Are you good? Are you chilling? Like, let, let's talk about how you really feel. Now, it takes one to know one. And I know when people are real with me when they ask me. And I know when people are not. So all I can do is try to be the realest person I can for others and basically just reach out to people on on that. But on that note, uh, mental health is something that we as a community of um, men of color and people of color, we don't really have very much access to it. Because let's put it this way, a lot of people have access to it because maybe they have a job or maybe they have money to pay for it. Um, and the job that they might have might provide, you know, medical benefits and sometimes that might be mental health i know my job does but a lot of the times the jobs that we as people of color have sometimes they don't carry that type of benefits i know my mother's job doesn't and i know a lot of people's that doesn't sometimes we have so much things on our mind that we might not even have time to go in and get checked out or sometimes we're just like oh no that's for the crazy people esos para los locos you know Maybe we just have such a, a, a bad uh, reputation of these things that we feel like we feel like we just can't even go about it. And that's something that we need to break up. And I think it all starts out with, with machismo. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. I just feel like this because life and stress and all of this and I'll get over it or whatever. And that, that stuff, it gets transmitted to your family. As much as people don't want to believe it, energy moves. They can move from your 
from your voice. It can move through your actions. It can move through your thoughts as well. So what are we actually doing to better ourselves and to better our energy? That's up to y'all to figure out. That's up to y'all to evaluate on yourself. But all I can say is my own tips for my mental health. I kind of already talked about them, but I just try to keep happiest vibes around me at all times. And those happy vibes comes from music, comes from going to the gym, comes from just looking out for myself. You all know what makes you guys happy. You guys all know what puts you guys in a better mood. Seek those things out and try to bring that out in other people. Because each one can teach one and, you know, each one can reach one. I think that's how it goes, kind of. But I really feel like those little things really go such a long way. And you never know how much of an impact those kind of things has on other people that are surrounding in your surrounding area. Because let me tell you, as my friend Sarah says, the streets is watching. People watch what you're doing. And if you're putting out good stuff and if you're even on social media, people watch that and people consume that. They say that you are a product of the five people around you. Maybe it could also be about the top five people that you follow or that you see on Instagram. So try to be that kind of person on your Instagram. Try to be that kind of person on your Facebook. All of those things count. Now, I kind of wanted to touch a little bit on the story of, of who's to blame. Who's to blame when anything goes down? Now, the first thing of, uh, of all of this is the first order of business is what would you have done in that situation? What would you have done if somebody ran up into your store and if you had a bodega and somebody was getting chased by gang members? Would you try to help that person run for cover? Would you try to have them hide behind your counter as Junior tried to do? Y'all watch the videos. Y'all see him jump over there with his little 15-year-old self trying to cover and make sure that his life is, is watched over. If you live in a community, is that what you would do? You, you, we don't know what's going on in this bodega member's um, head. We don't know how he feels, man. We don't know if he's also scared. We don't know if he's been in a situation similar to that as well, you know? So what if Junior actually was somebody that was involved in gangs? And this person was just, you know, like, well, he got what came to him type of thing. Growing up in neighborhoods like this, sometimes you kind of have to just mind your own business. When somebody's go getting their ass beat, I mean, I remember... um. I remember one time when I was little, this is just one of my experiences growing up in a Latinx neighborhood is there was um, this woman, girl, I don't know, to me, everybody was older when I looked older when I was a kid, but this, this girl was, was walking down the street across the crosswalk and some people found her. They got all out their car and all these girls just started beating her up, pulling her hair, throwing her to the floor, basically stomping on her body. There was one person driving the car and it was a man. And just like the neighborhood was just kind of watching, like nobody jumped in. We were having our like Sunday dinner, but we could like see from our window on, on the third floor, we could see what was going on, but we didn't jump in. And, um, unfortunately my sister's husband, he's white. I'm not unfortunate to that, but unfortunately that he is a white man and he wanted to get out of the house and go jump in and save the day. But my sister kind of stopped him and she's like, no, you can't get out. Just stay here. You never know what could happen to you. So that story also is something that plays in my mind. And it's like, well, do we just sit back and watch? And do we just like, you know, expect life to just play out or, you know, life to get taken? And unfortunately, in these moments like this, we just have to think about what it could have been like and what we can do in the future. 
and to me it's kind of fake man it's kind of fake that a whole community didn't even raise a voice but everybody wants to come out their house now and come outside and protest the bodega and wants to come up and say justice for junior and all of this and do the hashtag and do the you know the murals and everything like why do we have to wait for somebody to die man why do we have to wait for people to lose their life from gang violence to combat gang violence why can't we just notice the fact that the matter is brown people are killing brown people black people are killing black people and we're only proving the man in office right and i don't like saying that because y'all know as much as i don't like saying his name we are proving him right right here it's so depressing man and the fact is a lot of us in black and brown neighborhoods we don't have the money to be just whooping it out for you know a funeral there was a there, there was gofundmes and stuff and all of this we don't have that kind of money to just whoop it out and and, and it's so sad that we're a working community that has to work to also put our kids six feet under you know i think the reason why this stood out so much to me and why it hit my heart so hard is because this isn't normal this type of death is not normal you know even thinking about it now like a, a death of a kid with cancer you know that is born you know with certain defects or guess yo, you know that stuff isn't normal either but this is like far 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 removed from anything from health like this was a healthy young beautiful boy man he had so much going for him he was in the new york new york uh, police department explorers program he was really trying to do something better for his community but what did his community do to him they killed him they they they, they stabbed him they butchered him and they killed him and yeah now everybody that you know i was just talking about the hashtag justice for junior and how everybody's all about that now but what is justice man what do we feel like justice or transformative justice is i was listening to the bag ladies podcast and they were talking about transformative justice now a lot of the times when we think about justice it comes down to putting somebody in jail putting somebody behind bars and now they're there for life and that's justice because we've knocked the prop we, we like dusted the problem under the rug yes we don't have to worry about them no more maybe somebody might come after them and we'll just do the same to them now, I don't believe that these people should be able to live a normal life again because they just killed somebody's son. Somebody's son who was not even problematic. He was just a regular, regular, schmegular boy who liked to play freaking um, PlayStation, chill at the house, maybe go out occasionally with his friends. I don't know. But this was not normal. Nobody should have to experience this. And so I feel like they should obviously have an opportunity to, to maybe change for the better and realize that what they did was wrong. But I still feel like there should be a level of like guilt and shame that they feel. And especially because this was mistaken identity. They should feel it for mistaken identity even worse than if it was for the real deal. You know what I mean? So you guys can talk to me about how you guys feel about this. Some of y'all DM me and some of y'all message me on, on what you guys think about this. But um do you guys think that these folks should have a chance to change? Should they be active contributing members to our society? Should they be given back to our communities and tried out again now that they're not in the gang anymore or whatever? Who, know, who knows what you guys think? Let me know what you guys think about that. But I just want to do a quick shout out to the Dominican mom who turned her own son in. So Bad Dominicana on Instagram, uh, she always posts all these woke quotes and all of these things. And she basically told us the real deal what happened. This Dominican mother snapped and she's like, you killed somebody else's son, so I'm going to turn your ass in. So that's basically what she did. 
shout out to her for doing that because that kind of helped out and kind of solved a little bit of the issue. And that's kind of where we are. We're just trying to pick up the pieces of our life. And there's been so many back-to-back deaths that have been going on in, in the Latinx community within the last couple of months. You know, there was Claudia who was shot in the face by ICE. Um, there's this little girl that was uh, killed because some dumb lady ran her over uh, in front of her own mother. There's a couple of other people that were killed in the Bronx. I don't remember them by name, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on in our community, man. And a lot of it can be solved if we just turn around, turn a new leaf, as they say, and talk about these things. Leave whatever's going on in our lives behind us and just move forward and talk about it. I just want to say one more thing. I was watching the the ABC, uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was something about like ABC and they were interviewing Junior's mom. It is so jacked up how they didn't even have anybody try to in- interpret for her or they didn't, they just wanted to finish all of her sentences. This woman knows English, but she doesn't know English. You know what I mean? Like she's an immigrant mother. You feel me? Like they were just finishing all of her sentences for her. Like she couldn't even get a proper couple of sentences out without them saying, you feel sad, huh? you feel depressed, right? You just want justice for your son, right? How does it feel to not have your son? Oh yeah, must be tech. Like these American ladies, yo, like can y'all just let the woman speak, man? And this happens time and time again where our brown voices, our immigrant voices are always covered up by white people trying to white explain what the hell we want to say and how we want to say it just because they can't understand us, man. So I really wanted to leave y'all on that. Like, just start noticing these little things. Y'all might start getting peeved just like me. But I'm going to end y'all with this for real, for real, for real. What do you love about yourself? Think about it. What do you appreciate about yourself? And what do you kind of want to do with the love that you have for yourself? Are you going to express that a little bit more? Are you going to be a little bit more confident about it? And what do you love about the people around you? Maybe your best friend, maybe your family. Think about that and share it with that person. You never know if that person is is struggling with something or maybe they might need you for that. But with that being said, that wraps up the, the, the most recent episode of the Plot Twist Podcast. Stay tuned for episodes to come. Rate, review, and subscribe my podcast. I definitely appreciate that. Next person to give me a good rating um, and a review, I'll give you guys a shout out on the next episode. So thank you guys so much. And that's a wrap.